You're listening to Andover Airways, which is produced by Andover Public Schools in Andover, Kansas. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Andover Airwaves, a brand new podcast about all things Andover Public Schools. I'm Terry Rombeck, the district's communication director. I got to thinking over the summer about all of our communication tools, and we have many of them. Obviously, we have email and websites, school newsletters, social media, videos, our Andover Update magazine that comes out every once in a while. But we don't really have a platform where we can have a conversation and dive deeper into what really goes on in our schools and to really explain the why and the how behind what goes on in our schools every single day. And that's where we're starting Andover Airwaves. We're expecting to post new episodes on the first and third Fridays of the month. You can find it at usd385.org on social media or wherever you get your podcasts. In terms of topics, what we're envisioning is a mix of kind of three different things. Some episodes will explain the behind the scenes things that go on in our classrooms, such as why we teach what we teach. Some will give parenting tips to help our children be the best they can be. And some, like this very first episode, will introduce you to some of the people who make our schools a great place to learn and work. And here's the deal. For this to be successful, we need your help. We need to know what you have questions about and what you would like to learn more about at our district. You can send those to me at info at usd385.org. Again, that's info at usd385.org. I'm excited for this first conversation. We have two relatively new outstanding educators who happen to be our district's Horizon Award nominees for the year. The Horizon Award is given by the Kansas State Department of Education. It goes to outstanding second year teachers, and we get to nominate one at the elementary level and one at the secondary level. Administrators notify nominees by surprising them in their classrooms in front of their students, so it's a whole lot of fun. This year's nominees who are with us here today are Carrie Schmidt, third grade teacher at Meadowlark Elementary School, and also Madison Schmall, one of the band directors who serves Andover Middle School, Andover High School, and our three Northside Elementary Schools. Welcome to you. So first of all, congratulations to both of you, and I'm curious, let's start at the beginning. At what point did you first know you wanted to teach? And Ms. Schmidt, let's start with you. I couldn't really tell you a specific moment. Actually, at first, I didn't want to be a teacher because my whole family is teachers, and so I wanted to do something different, and I saw my whole life the amount of work and effort that it took. So somehow, I just kept continually being led back to teaching, and I don't know, there wasn't exactly a specific moment, but I ended up doing that, and I've been loving it ever since. How about you? I knew from a young age that I wanted to be a teacher. I can remember being in elementary school and loving school and wanting to be a teacher, but I can remember specifically wanting to go into music education when I was in the eighth grade. And I really enjoyed choir, but then as I continued into high school, being a part of the band, I knew that this was the area that I wanted to teach. Were there any particular teachers that inspired either one of you? I had a fabulous um, middle school band director, Mr. Whitaker, and my family was living in North Carolina at the time, and we moved around quite a bit, so I was very thankful to have many different band directors and choir teachers and everything that inspired me um, throughout my secondary career in education. And I would say I had wonderful teachers growing up. Um, every school, every grade level. So it's hard to choose just one. And But I would say at home, 
I had my mom as a teacher. So just seeing the influence she left on people's lives and just the joy that she got from teaching was really impactful. That's cool. So last year was your first year of having your own classroom for both of you. How was that different from what your expectations were? And was there anything that surprised you about the experience? Mr. Shmuel, you can go first. There's the obvious ones of with COVID being so prominent last year and the issues that we dealt with that. I would say another big part of it in the classroom as a as a music education student at K-State, we spend half of our student teaching in an elementary setting and half of our setting in secondary since we're certified K-12. And I only got one week in my secondary placement before um, everything got shut down. And so as I came into my first year of teaching without having a real true student teaching experience at the secondary level, it made me think about I was going so much from my experience as a student and what my band classes looked like as a student and so forth, and then how I wanted to form my own classroom. And being a 512 teacher, it looks different at every school. So at the high school, we had a different marching band experience last year because we were only able to see the students every other day. And then at the middle school, we were moving buildings to try to keep everyone safe. But at the elementary schools for fifth grade band, we got to start them and worked in classrooms. So the process of setting the room up, tearing the room down and doing all those different things. But despite all the unexpected twists and turns, it was still awesome to be able to do what we loved and to show that love to our students despite the circumstances. How about you, Ms. Schmidt? And I kind of go off of that you know, last year, no one really ex knew what to expect. So with COVID and everything, that obviously really changed how you would picture your first classroom to be and what you would hope it would be. Um, but I think it's pretty safe to say that as a teacher, you can't really be prepared until you actually jump in and take on the job. And even with student teaching, you know, having a wonderful cooperating teacher and getting that experience until you're the one in charge, it's just hard to know what to expect and different situations come up and just knowing the kids and how to handle um, those learning needs and things like that. So that, you know, is an ongoing process of learning how to manage those things and just make it your own and create it to be your own. And then also, you know, instead of working in groups last year, it was how can we work in groups and still get those social skills and necessary needs, but also keep them separate and keep their masks on and wash hands. So that was very challenging, but um, kind of like what she said, it was very rewarding and the whole school district did a great job of managing that situation. So I guess that kind of not surprised me in a way, but just the way that it could be handled and just the team, the community around you, just uplifting you and helping you made everything a whole lot easier. Mm -hmm. Obviously, COVID has been so much of what we've talked about in the last couple of years, and I'm kind of curious, you're starting your careers in this bizarre time, this pandemic. Hopefully, in decades, this will be a long, distant memory. Uh, how do you think your careers might be different because you are starting at this, this really challenging time? Shmay, you want to go first? Yeah, I think that since we're starting with some pretty unknown elements being thrown at us and tough times that... Hopefully it will make it easier in the future, you know, stepping forward. And as you get experience, it becomes easier too. But just 
you know, if we can step into this role and position and just kind of take that on and with all the support behind us, of course, then going forward when things start, you know, becoming more and more normal and um, then we can just really flourish and grow from where we started. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I jokingly, but lovingly also say that it can only go up from here (laughs) because that first year was just such a curveball. But I really think that this has taught us to be flexible, to be adaptable. And, you know, we've really gotten the opportunity to dig deep in our first year of teaching and show that, hey, we can do this no matter what the circumstances. And so can the students that we can, you know, the students have it in them. We have it in us. And going forward, we can remember those times and how we were resilient in that regard. And knowing that despite whatever challenges we come up against, it's all going to work out in some way or shape or form. Yeah. Resilience, right? That's, I know that's in our portrait of a graduate and that's something that we've, we had no idea when we did that two years ago, three years ago, that um, that would resonate so much (laughs) during these trying times. So it's interesting. Um, One of the things that I've noticed about really good educators is they're they're lifelong learners and you guys have just finished your, your college careers and getting going here. But I'm kind of curious, what are the things that you want to get better at? What are the things you know you're, you want to work on uh, early on in your career and, and, and get better at? Mr. Schmall, you want to start first? For me, um, I'm really always striving to go after the small details in our bands and helping them learn. And the beauty of being a 512 teacher is that you get to have them the whole time that they're in the program with you in band. And so a lot of the things that I've been thinking about is, okay, you know, what worked this past year in fifth grade band? What skills are we building upon when we get them in sixth? And how can we shape our curriculum in a way that we're meeting the benchmarks and we're going forward. And so after this first year, that seems to be what is most prominent in my mind right now of what went well, what did we enjoy about what we had planned for our students, but how can we assure that, you know, they are getting what they need as they progress through the program so that by the time we get them in high school, they're performing at a high level, they have certain number of skills and they're able to achieve that high performance level. So just continual planning with large numbers and large groups of students that we're, you know, we're very, very thankful for and how we can meet each of their needs throughout the whole course of their time with us. How about you, anything in particular that you you want to work on? I would say continuing to learn strategies and ideas for different levels of students so every every person learns differently so finding ways to best help and best understand their minds how they're working and we're surrounded with amazing educators and co-workers who are willing to help and have tons of ideas and lots of experience so learning from them finding out ways to implement those ideas and you know make them unique to me and our classroom and fit them for each student and specifically I actually just started my master's as a reading specialist just with the goal of learning better ways to teach reading because it is a huge need at the elementary level and especially in those younger years it's so formative for them so really knowing what the best skills and strategies and understanding how kids learn to read to just bring that into my classroom setting too very cool 
I said you're done with your your college career, but you're you're not done with your college career. <laughs> you're in the middle of it. Uh, obviously, teaching is like any other job, and there's good days and there's days that maybe aren't as good. But on those days that when you sit, go home and you say, "Gosh, that was a good school day," what are some of the things that that happened during that day? You should maybe want to start on that one. Yeah, I would say when when I don't have to be constantly reminding the students what they should be doing, um, when they end the day with a smile on their face and I ask them, what was a good thing about today? And they say, math class today, or anything that has to do with actually learning and not PE or <laughs> recess, which are all great things. Right. Well, but when no, they're excited home, about the learning and they, I can see them taking on the, the learning for themselves and just being self-directed, I really enjoy that because then I can see that what I'm trying to do is being successful and they're being successful and being excited about taking their learning into their own hands. How about in band? That may look different in band. I, I don't know. Yeah, in band, I would say some of the best days are when you get to see the students have those aha moments where things finally click and they work so hard throughout rehearsals and during our class time. And especially, for example, right now, we're starting our fifth grade beginners and they're probably in week, we're in week three of playing with them. And some of them, you know, at first they may not be able to produce that note, but today, like I had two that were able to play their B flat for the first time. And, you know, getting the chance to give them that high five and to see how excited they are that oh, I finally can play this. When am I going to be able to play a song now? Like that, just <laughs> seeing that enthusiasm. And at the secondary level, you know, we're starting to prepare pieces for concerts and watching them see how the different parts click and see how they all fit in together to create that product. It's always a, a huge day when we get to go beginning to end with a piece and we're starting to get to that point, especially with our uh, middle school students. And so seeing how excited they are about that, that's what often makes it a really, really great day. It's exciting. Each of you have had some unique experiences in your background. I wanted to ask each of you about one specific uh, one of those. And Mr. Schmall, I'll start with you. You were the head drum major for the K-State Wildcat Marching Band. Was it a couple years ago? I was um, an assistant drum major my junior year of college and then moved up to head my senior. Gotcha. What was that experience like? And I, I imagine there were elements of that that probably helped prepare you for, for teaching. Definitely. So a drum major is the person who conducts the band. Um, and so at K-State, we have a marching band of 400 people. And it's an incredibly passionate organization to be a part of and getting the opportunity to lead them was just one of the best things that I've ever been a part of. And so through that experience, you learn how to motivate large groups of people and how to form relationships, which is real. I've seen so much crossover with those skills in my job here because we have 700 band students. 512 on our north side and so just making those meaningful connections with them and then also as a drum major having to really really know your part so that you can encourage and motivate others to do the same and always being on always being the example there is so much correlation between that and being a teacher that we're responsible for knowing and understanding everyone's part in the band so that we can help them out and help them reach their goal, but also motivate them to try to achieve some of those on their own as well. And 
I mean, it also teaches you how to be on and how to be fearless in a sense, because there comes a time where you have 400 people in front of you on the field in front of a crowd of 50,000. And so it definitely helps when you're teaching in front of 80 middle school students. It's a reminder that, hey, you can do this. Like you've got this, it's good. And getting to share those experiences with the students is very meaningful too, especially our drum majors at the high school right now. We've had the opportunity to share stories and things like that. So there's lots of crossover and I'm incredibly grateful for that experience and how it ties to teaching. I would imagine students are really interested in hearing about some, some of those stories and what's that, what that next step is, might be like for them. Yes, absolutely, and how they can continue their involvement with band through college and beyond. Very cool. And for Ms. Schmidt, I know you taught in Honduras for a while, and I'm curious about what that was like, why you wanted to do that, and then how that experience affected your life, because I imagine there's no way you go through that and you don't come out a little bit a different person, right? Right. So I was always interested in teaching internationally throughout college. And so the superintendent of the school in Honduras that I taught, I actually visited our college. And so I learned a little bit about it then. And I was looking at a few other schools too, but they just met, you know, the things on my list that I kind of wanted to move to another country by myself. And I just felt really comfortable with the superintendent and just the school setting and their vision and mission. So I decided to do it and um, Honduras is an amazing country. It's very beautiful and it's got everything, you know, the mountains, the beaches. We like to say where we lived up in the mountains, it was palm trees and pine trees together. So just a beautiful place, lots of amazing experiences. And then of course, just getting to know the culture of the country and getting to meet all the wonderful people who are so warm and friendly and just really be accepted as a part of that community. So as a person, you know, that's a huge impact on my life, just taking away what I could learn from them and the experiences and all the different things and even just learning from the kids there who are supposed to be learning from me, but really most days I'm learning from them. Um, but the school I was at was a bilingual school. So I taught third grade there in English. So those kids were all from Honduran families that were coming to our school because they mostly wanted a U.S. education and they wanted them to learn in English. So quite a few differences between there and here just with the supplies and resources that you have, um, the way that you teach lessons, knowing that they're all, you know, English is their second language and just being prepared at any time. So that experience enriched my life. And so just as a person, hopefully I can carry that out to my students to teach them a few things and um, teach, what, teach them what I learned in Honduras. But also just as an educator, um, adaptability was huge there because you never knew. One day they might say the kids need to be on the bus in 20 minutes because there's wildfires or schools canceled for hurricanes or there's no internet for months and you have to plan without it or wow. the what resources you had there was what you had you couldn't go to amazon and buy things or things like that so i became very creative you know how to make things yourself or just figure out ways to get by without it and then the adaptability part too just changing your lesson plans as much as you needed to daily weekly and then when 
everything with COVID started happening too, I was still there. So at that point, school was shut down, ended up coming back home and teaching online. So adjusting to that too, in a third world country is completely different than how it's handled here. So just taking those experiences and trying to enrich them in my classroom and learn and grow from them, but an amazing experience overall. That's like a little bit of every kind of adversity you can imagine. All, it was, all it was, but I learned and grew a lot from it as a person and hopefully as a teacher as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks to both of you for being part of this conversation. I just have one more question for you. You've uh, both been here for a year plus and you got to know the district a little bit. I'm kind of curious, what makes you proud to be part of Andover Public Schools? And either one of you can start at. When I, I knew, let me start over. When I was coming out of college, I knew that I was gonna be coming down to the Wichita area and Andover Public Schools was my number one pick for where I was hoping to land a job. And I knew that it was gonna be tight for that to work out because there's only so many band director positions. And so when one opened up, I was so, so thrilled to get to be a part of this district and continue to be so thrilled. The people that I get to work with at all five of my schools are phenomenal. They are so supportive and we know that they are supportive of the band and us as individuals and the students and families are just incredible as well. The students come to work, they want to do well, and I'm so inspired by each of them every day, and especially through this first year being with COVID and everything. They were so incredible to work with and just rolled with everything that came their way, and just getting to be a part of that community is so, so special, and every day I'm so thankful that I get to teach in this district. Well, we're grateful to have you here. How about you, Smith? I would say before I worked here, I wasn't very familiar with Andover, hmm. except for I had heard a lot of people say that Andover had really, really great schools. Um, and so when I was applying to places, I knew that Andover would be one of the places that I would love to end up. And one thing that I just have loved about Andover is just the community. Uh, especially at Meadowlark, and I'm sure the other schools are the same, but for Meadowlark, I just know that it's like a big family. So you walk in the doors and they're warm and they're friendly. And before the school year even started last year, my two co-teachers were inviting me to have coffee and donuts with them and just trying to get to know me as a person outside even the work world. And so I think that really shines through into the classroom too. And as your career, it's not just your coworkers, they're also your friends, they care about your life. And that flows down into your teaching when you feel loved and cared for in the community that you're in. And that is from the superintendent to the principal to everybody in the school is just really willing to help you. And I think as a new teacher, that's a huge thing is having people around to help you and not feeling bad if you ask for help. So just knowing that they're around you constantly asking how you're doing, how they can help you what they can do for you is a really amazing experience. So um, just, I feel really blessed and honored to work here and it's been a great experience. And the kids themselves too and their families are wonderful too. It makes a big difference how supportive they are and how they're kind of, you know, our cheerleaders in a way as we teach their children too. So it's been amazing. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks for both of you for taking time to chat. It's been a lot of fun to get to know you a little bit better and I wish you a great school year. That does it for this inaugural episode of Andover Airwaves. Thanks for listening. 
Look for new episodes the first and third Friday of each month at usd385.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And finally, if you have a person, program, or topic you'd like us to highlight on the show, please email me at info at usd385.org. Have a great day.